Yo, what's good, everybody? It is Jet Black Extreme, and we're back at it again with another episode of the Zone Podcast. With me today, we got Kuku Gatsu. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I always love everything everything fantasy, so, you know, this topic right here is a, a nice little thing, especially considering the fact from my episode yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, today's topic, ladies and gentlemen, is... Seven Deadly Sins, the animation. Well, anime and manga. <laughs> and without further ado, let's get into it. Now, Seven Deadly Sins, uh, anime that is quite popular in the anime community. It is a, it's, it's about a band of knights that's in this fictional land of Britannia. Uh, and you're probably thinking... Kogi as in like um <laughs> Yeah. But no for real, like this series is a fantasy manga anime manga series written by uh Nakaba Suzuki and this features something similar to the Middle Ages, you know, like knights and dragons and all that and magic and all that. But this mainly focused on a group of knights called the Seven Deadly Sins. Each member have a different tattoo signifying who they are. Like, for instance, Meliodas is the dragon sin of wrath. We have Bond, the fox sin of greed. Uh, Merlin, the pig sin of... What was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was gluttony. All right, gotcha, gotcha. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Of course, Escanor, Lion's uh, Sin of Pride. You know, yeah. Anyways, these seven deadly knights had to <laughs> come together to st- try to stop what is known as a holy war that's going on between the demon clan, the goddess clan, and humans being in the mix of all that. Now, all right there, you're probably wondering... Demon clan, goddess clan, what's going on with that? Well, yeah, you know, there's kind of like a heaven and hell kind of thing going on, and they're colliding. There's angelic creatures, the goddess clan, and then there's the obviously demonic group, the demon clan. And let me look at all these notes here. Basically, the seven deadly sins were a band of knights in Britannia, and they were pretty strong and pretty well known, but they had to be disbanded 10 years before the story kicked in. Mainly because they were being framed for applying a coup against the kingdom of Leonis. Basically, there were three grandmasters in Leonis, and one of them got killed, and the Seven Deadly Sins got blamed for it. But it was Hendrickson that killed that one guild master, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Pretty yeah, much a coup still wound up happening. It was just, it wasn't the seven deadly sins that did it. It was just, it was another person. <laughs> yeah. Now, Elizabeth Leonis, which is pretty much the third princess of the kingdom, tries to find the seven deadly sins and ends up finding Meliodas and Hawk and their little mobile bar you can say like a mobile tavern what would they call it again 
It was a mobile oh, tavern. Just, just a mobile tavern, pretty much. No, I was trying to think uh, what was the name of that place, but oh well. Uh, anyways, she approached Meliodas, wanting her his help because there's demons and shit going on, and they kind of need the seven deadly sins to stop them. But you know, you got to go on this journey to find them all. So they tried to find Diane. There's Bond. There's King. Merlin, Gother, Merlin, and Escanor. Yes. Yep. And while they try to uh, gather together, they eventually uh, find out that not even Hendrickson, Hendrickson wasn't even really at fault. He was actually possessed and manipulated by a demon named Fraudrin and trying to unseal the demon race from their prison. And you could say that it succeeded to a degree. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, again, I'm not going to lie, ladies and gentlemen. I did watch this series, but my memory is kind of a blur already because a, a bunch of stuff happened. Like, let me, let me tell you this. If my impression of this whole series is, as far as the story... Great. I like it. Now, the anime, however, the animation, it kind of suffered after the season three because there were some bits and pieces when, for instance, Meliodas, he was becoming more demonic as his powers were awakening. And he was being detained and they just had this ugly animation of him lying in bed. Like, he was buff, but it looked a little... Um, it was hard to... Yeah, it was poorly done. Yeah, so I was it like, like a uh, Netflix, it was like a Netflix adaptation is what it looked like. Like how Netflix <laughs> has been doing all these animes. That's what it looked like. <laughs> Pretty much, but yeah. After the fight with Fraudrin or Hendrickson, whatever you want to um call it, not very long afterwards, the Ten Commandments showed up, and. I keep forgetting their names, but all I know is that I know one of them, Zeldris, there was Esther Rosa, Derriere, uh, Monspeed, uh, Mon uh, excuse me. <laughs> Just, you know. There's <laughs> 10. Yeah. <laughs> There's 10 of them. So, have to fight them all. But um, the plot gets even more crazy. When there's time traveling involved, you kind of find out more about the origin story behind King and his relationship with Diane, uh, the origin story of Bond, how he fell in love with the fairy queen and, well, his King's sister, Elaine. Uh, Meliodas, you find out his background, everything is, oh, guys, it's crazy like i want to say it's a good show but like i said the animation and some bits some areas of it just kind of a turn off for me to where it's like you kind of could have did a little better with the detailing on that particular part but it's all good you know i still watched it but oh it's worth it uh go ahead go ahead 
And I'm just saying it's worth it. I mean, it in all honesty, is a lot to say into the story itself. Like you can't describe it's it's not something we can just describe in a one hour, 30 minute segment, to be honest with you. <laughs> um yeah. because it's a lot, it's it's a lot to put in in the terms. Like, it, it would be several books. Like in, in the shortened term, the first like imagine book one is collecting the the seven deadly sins and understanding that you still did not get all the seven daily sins, you wound up missing two of them until like book two. Um so you only get five of the of the seven. Um but so like the first book is just pretty much the journey of finding at least those five. And then book two is the understanding of the awakening of the Ten Commandments, the demon realms top leading army generals and they're coming back to take over the world after being locked away for 10,000 years. Um, <laughs> so book two brings up the rest of the other two sins and having the seven deadly sins finally going up against the demon clan. Book three would be about understanding more about the original war, why it is the demons went to war in the first place, what happened in the last and in, in during the war 10,000 years ago that the demons got locked away and what was really going on between the demons and the goddess race. And to be honest with you, the goddess race, you, you, you would think that you would like them, but mm. hell no. <laughs> it's like, they're, they're all <laughs> sus to me, like especially Lucio Bell, because he even admitted it when I watched season five and basically he admitted that the goddess clan got drunk on the power of the humans so heavily believing in them that, you know, they kind of treated the humans like pawns because, you know, they were humans. They like, everybody they like looked pawns. down on them. They treated everybody like pawns. Like, they everybody. Like, the goddess clan betrayed people and sacrificed tons of people because they didn't care. They thought of themselves as like the ultimate high and mighty and above everybody else. So like it was it was it was an interesting concept how they did that because it's like if you could Jeez. like you know you watch all this anime and we you know you can watch all these bless you, you can watch all these lists of you know anime lists of oh characters that you hate like there's always that one character that you absolutely hate. Well imagine not one character but an entire race that you literally hate and it's like you don't want to be racist, <laughs> but damn, <laughs> absolutely hate this entire clan of people because it's like, what the hell, bro? Right. See, that kind of puts into perspective that, uh, keep in mind, we did recently did a review on Record of Ragnarok alongside Tresse where we talked about how these guys, they do not give a fuck about these humans. <laughs> so it kind of makes you wonder, in real life, to those who cling to a religious faith, you love your God, and that's all great and all, and not to be offensive, but it's sometimes putting in perspective, like, we love our gods, but do they love us back? Do they really? It does. Um, actually, it's great. It's interesting you mentioned that because, like, that's one of the things I really want to talk about with this series. Like, when we came up with this topic to say, "Hey, we got to talk about Seven Deadly Sins." It's a really great anime. It's a really great manga. We got to talk about it. Um, I was very interested in talking about the subject, not just because it's a really good story, in-depth storylines and stuff like that, but 
I had a very interesting journey with this anime. Because um, this anime has been out for a while. One one thing to keep in mind, this, this story is, I, I forgot when it came out, but it was, it was a good couple of years ago when this came out. Um, I had my own little spiritual, I was having my own little spiritual journey. I, I am a Christian, um, but I am a Christian that loves and respects the LGBTQA community. Um, understand, like, I understand other religions. I understand other people. I'm not that Christian that's like, oh, you know, F all other religions. No, I understand why these religions came to be. I do believe that my religion is what I believe in and what's the best for me. So that's just me. Um, but I had my, I did, I had my own little journey with this because I was having my own little spiritual journey at the time. I was dealing with a lot. I was in a bad relationship at the time. I was really trying to figure things out. My grandmother had passed away. It was a lot that was going through and people was all talking about this anime and anime was my escape from things that in Dungeons and Dragons, um, <laughs> was my escape from everything. And he was talking about, you got to watch this. You got to watch Seven Deadly Sins. It's a great anime. You got to watch it. I'm like, Seven Deadly Sins. But um, I want you to understand my, my immediate concept of this anime when I first heard about it. Um, it's a Seven Deadly Sins. This is a group of seven people who each represent one of the, se- one of the Seven Deadly Sins. Got that. Um, versus the Ten Commandments. Ten people who represent each commandment. And the seven deadly sins versus the ten commandments, and we're repping for the seven deadly sins. And I'm like, I don't know if this is anime for me, bro. Like, <laughs> I, was like <laughs> I was like, this sounds like it goes against everything of my religion. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. About you this. know what's funny though? <laughs> what's funny is how there's a lot of people who really like seven deadly sins, and I watching this show, and I'm looking at it like, well. I don't hate it. I really don't. But at the same time, I feel like the if it's not the animation, I feel like the story uh, it can be a little convoluted. Like it's almost as if it's not a the kind of story to where you can easily grasp it as soon as you like set it down for a little while. Like, you pretty much have to binge watch the entire series in order to get a full and probably better experience out of watching it. Because if you're like me, to where, okay, you watch pretty much all the seasons individually when they were released. So, like, when Seven Deadly Sins was a thing back in however long it was. Uh, let me look here. I'm trying to see here. Uh, when did this? Okay, it was aired in 2014. Was uh, okay. I barely heard of Seven Deadly Sins around that time. I didn't watch it yet, but I barely heard of it. So I got into it eventually, and I liked it. It was all right. Uh, especially when it led up to the end of season one, to where I'm. It kind of left me wanting more. But, of course, we end up getting more. And it's kind of nice how they built up everything where all these characters have more importance or at least play a more important role later on. But at the same time, it felt so convoluted that if you were like me to where you pretty much only watched the season as they aired where, okay, 2014, I'm on it, then 
fast forward to whenever Revival of the Ten Commandments came out. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, just try to knock that out of the way. And you just keep trying to knock him out of the way, but then you stop and realize you get to season five and you kind of forget how convoluted this story got because I went into season five thinking, okay, well, I should know everything that happened up until this point, but bro, I forgot so fast (laughs) that it got so complicated by people possessing other people's bodies, you know, the goddesses possessing some of the humans like uh elizabeth and margaret and then you have meliodas basically become the new demon king and zeldris and the other commandments are now trying to protect him and i'm sitting here like what is going on with this story like jesus i should have just it's one of those stories where you probably should have went back and watch the previous seasons before you're ready to take on the last season. So, yeah. This is, yeah this um, binge watch it. You gotta binge watch this bad boy up. Like, you can't just, you can't just be like, oh, I'm gonna watch this right now and I'm all good. No, no. You you gotta you gotta binge this bad boy <laughs> from the beginning. Um, yeah. Is this one of those stories that... Hey, you know what? You know yeah. what? I'm sorry, but I realized that that's the, pro- that's the thing. You know how there are some stories to where, yeah, it's a pretty long series, but that's because it's um, chopped up into multiple arcs that are pretty much separate from each other. Like, they're not, I mean, they do have some continuity from the previous arc, but not so much continuity that it's pretty much a new thing. Like, say, for instance, Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super to where they have these different arcs each time, but sometimes some of those arcs carry over to the new arc. But what I'm getting at here is with Seven Deadly Sins, even though there were like multiple seasons, it was all one main storyline. Pretty much like One Piece, but you know, at least with One Piece, they're trying to find the, uh, that treasure, but they keep going to these different places and having these different problems. So, okay, at least that's distracted me long enough from the main storyline. But no, this is more like it felt like it was going towards that main storyline the whole time to where there it was pretty much all about the holy war they were very consistent about this holy war like you thinking it's 24 episodes well not all of them there was first season was 24 then they had like this two maybe three four, no it was four four episodes like four episodes uh leading up to the holy war then revival of the ten commandments was like 24 episodes um season three was another 24 episodes um and then we get to dragon's judgment which is only 12. so either way it's roughly almost 100 episodes i want to say i could be off but yeah that's what i get for not taking notes this time (laughs) i was trying to do the improv thing again, so yeah. That's cool. Like, I mean, one yeah, thing about the series itself, it's perfectly fine. One of the things about the series itself is like, unlike One Piece, where it's a continual story. Like One Piece started one started at one point. You know, we got information about what happened previously, but it's not about what happened previously. It's about continual rap. Versus mm. with Seven Deadly Sins, it can seem convoluted because of the fact that where we're at. 
in order to proceed further, we have to have experienced what happened previously. And that's one of the things that keeps yeah. kind of crazy itself. Because it's one of those things of understanding mm-hmm. that, hey, yeah, there's something, there's a great grand scheme. There's so much further that we're going to go into. But it's like we can't progress forward without having experienced what happened back. It's not, oh, we just need to know what happened before. No, we need to experience what the hell happened before. You know, like you said, the whole time travel thing had come up with um, King and um, I forgot her name. But Diane? <laughs> Diane, yeah, when King Diane yeah. went back in time. Like, you know, it was, it was a whole thing in that where we have to be very, well, we had to experience this whole everything that was happening so we knew what was going on so we could finally proceed further into the story because the Holy War was where everything began. Yeah. The Holy War is where everything officially ends, finally. Like, it, it was a war that started and never finished. It wasn't a war that was like, oh, we started this war and we ended the war and now we had a time of peace and another war happened. No, this is a war that started. It was a war that was postponed for like 10,000 years and then came right back. <laughs> it's like, bro, what the hell? Um. Right. So it's a war that never it's a war that never ended. It just it paused. We had an elongated pause. What people thought was a peaceful period was just the pause between war. It was like the pause between the, the water droplets. That's all it was. So that's where it becomes crazy because you have to have experienced that previousness. So because of that, that's where you know we had a whole season pretty much dedicated to not just understanding what happened to war, but experiencing what happened in the war like feeling these other characters feeling these guys that you thought were enemies really weren't you know they weren't really there for you from the beginning they did kind of change up kind of help you out but they were never like fully against you from the get-go they were just Mm. there it was just like we we didn't have much of a choice it's where we're at you know we made a bad decision and this is what happened and unfortunately, it wound up fucking up a lot of people. <laughs> we hate that. But it's up to you to fix it. It's up to you to fix our mistake type of thing. You're like, what the hell? Pretty <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That's That was the thing. Like, I was going to say that with this series, it felt like they put a whole lot of meat on this skeletal system that they have. They call a story to where... They have this one story to where this is pretty much about a war that's been going on for, I don't know, thousands of years. And pretty much they, they had to put it into it now. Like, this is the era to where the Holy War ends with uh, Meliodas and all of them banding together against the Demon Clan, trying to finally take down the Demon King and just be done with the whole thing. But, of course, they had to pretty much explain everything that happened with all these characters and whatnot. Because there there's so many different characters in this series. Not just the Seven Deadly Sins and Elizabeth and Hawk and the Ten Commandments and Dreyfus and Hendrickson. There's also Gil Thunder. There's Dreyfus's son. I forgot his name. Uh, Margaret and... Uh, Nausea, and there's just so many different characters that they introduce <laughs> to where they have to serve some sort of significance to the story, and yet it feels like it 
it felt like Seven Deadly Sins feels like one of those shows that would have made more sense if the if there were like more. Mm, it's hard to put this. It's like it's. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is, I'm sorry, but what I'm trying to say is, it felt like it it would have been better if there was more episodes to water down the convolution. You know what I mean? It's like the ratio between uh, context and amount of episodes to explain it all. You know, pacing. That's the whole yeah. thing where it felt season one and season two felt real slow compared to the other three. Let's just put it to you like that. Because it felt like season one and two built up to three, four, and five. But once we got to season three and onward, that's when you're like, what the hell? Like, how did we get here? It's like Naruto all over again to where we're like thinking, I thought this show was just about ninjas, you know, doing ninja things. But then you have these world-ending jutsu techniques and goddesses and gods and monsters everywhere. You're just like, what the hell is going on? This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I thought I Like, for. honestly, the same thing with Dragon Ball. Like, it, it really started off being just a Simple kind of comedic action story about this martial artist from who happened to be from another planet, apparently. But that's the thing. It was a simple story at first, but then you get the Dragon Ball Z and then Dragon Ball Super, and it got it evolved into something so big and convoluted that it's like nothing makes sense anymore. Another thing, power levels and fucking Seven Deadly Sins. <laughs> Pretty much, you know how Dragon Ball Z was very famous for power levels, and even they said pretty much said it in the Team Four Star Bridge to where power levels are bullshit at this point. And I'm looking at this series; they're talking about, oh, he has a power level of I don't know eight thousand, you know, ten thousand, blah blah blah. And I only imagine Goku and Vegeta looking at these numbers like, oh, that's cute. They think they're a threat. <laughs> because these dudes will fucking show up whip their dicks out with a power level of like 500 million or something like that I don't know that's just how broken these guys are because they can fucking solo planets if they wanted to yes these the magic levels magic levels is all just out there Escanor was the main character that destroyed that <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. Like being a guy that people looked at him and it was like, your magic level is only this much. You're not a threat. All of a sudden, <laughs> wait, wait, why is this magic level rising? Why is it still <laughs> growing? What is happening? <laughs> Especially when it gets to like, when he becomes the one for like that one hot minute at noon where he just completely unstoppable, just God like for no fucking reason for one hot minute fighting Meliodas and oh can I can I just say out of the seven deadly sins Escanor is honestly my favorite like Meliodas is cool and all same thing with Bond and all the others oh excuse me uh, they're cool and all but 
something about Escanor's ego that is surprisingly pleasant. Like, I, it's hard to explain, but it's like, you know, there's some a lot of egotistical people out there in the world, and their ego just don't sit right with me. But this guy ego, for some reason, it has charm to it. Especially when you know that um, outside of his muscular form, when he becomes all scrawny and, you know, he becomes a little bit more meek, humble, whatever. You know, a little scaredy cat, a little bit. Kind of like the lion from Wizard of Oz, where he's a little bit of a coward at night. But as soon as it's daytime, he's ready to roll. But... Yeah, Escanor is my favorite because his sense of pride is almost inspiring. Like how Esterosa showed up in front of the pretty much the uh, Leonis alliance against the Demon Clan. Esterosa shows up and he pretty much said that under his ability, anybody who have hatred in in their heart cannot attack me. But Esquinor still rolled up on him and Esterosa was like, how the fuck is this happening? And I was like, why would I hate someone that I look down upon? I only pity them. I was like, wow. Wow. Okay. And I was like... And, and he bodied that nigga. Like, for real, he bodied him. Yeah. Esquinor bodied Esterosa. Esterosa was mad. Esterosa was like, I killed two angels and... Escanor is like, so? <laughs> Congratulations. Don't you Good feel you. special? <laughs> I mean, when he fought Meliodas, it's the same dude that's like, oh, I see you're strong. You're probably uh, strongest second to me. And I was like, wow, the ego is strong with this dude. It's like, he just don't believe in anybody being stronger than him. He don't. I mean... like. It kind of makes sense, though, because he is OP, but the fact that he his ego is so strong that he just don't believe that he's weaker than anybody. He literally has said it himself that he is the pinnacle that stands above all races. I'm like, God damn, that is some ego you got. And I was like, you damn right. Lion Sin of Pride. Escanor, know the name. <laughs> Put respect on it. <laughs> Imagine, imagine pride being your power. Like the more prideful you are of yourself, the stronger you are. The more you believe in yourself and believe that you're better than everybody, the stronger that you get. Imagine being open character. <laughs> no, imagine being a Green Lantern, but with narcissism. That's pretty much Escanor with the power of the sun. By the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, oh yeah, that one part when Esterosa thought he had Escanor on the ropes with uh trying to consume his son, his cruel son, with the darkness, and he was like, "Oh, you think you got me beat, huh? Who decided Who that? Who decided that? <laughs> <laughs> that phrase will live forever. Who decided that? Forever." Like, no matter what, if you ever feel like you come across any type of situation, that's your phrase, right? That's the phrase you got to pop out that moment. Who decided that? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> oh, bro. Ch- perfect analogy. 
you thought you beat me in Smash Brother? Who decided that? <laughs> Look, matter of fact, there was a post that I shared uh, in our arcade zone. Definitely check out our arcade zone, like all different types of video games and stuff. I love sharing it there. I'm um, sharing our arcade zone in our fight club zone where the dude that gave mercy on the Mortal Kombat 11 and, bruh, like, Mercy went wrong there. <laughs> mercy went wrong there. <laughs> it's like, oh, I beat you. I'm going to give you Mercy. You beat me. Who decided that? Came back and owned the guy and ended with a brutality. Like, again, who decided that? That's your phrase, yeah, bro. See, this is why you don't believe in Mercy when it comes to fighting games and whatnot. Um, some, some people may be nice enough to give you a fighting chance. And those people are fools. Hey, I got to give my favorite part from um the series as far as like Escanor. And I like this one even better than the fight between, obviously even better than the fight between Meliodas and Escanor because, God, that animation was awful. Um, <laughs> When Escanor took a, took a hit, when Esterosa was like, huh, you like that, my power? I reflect any type of physical damage I take back. And Escanor was like, hmm, I thought that hurt. I am pretty strong, ain't I? Yeah, that part. <laughs> like, well, damn, I see why. I mean, I t- my own attack sent back to me. Like, no wonder why it hurts. <laughs> like, the only time he'll admit that that was a good hit was, oh, well, you know. When it came from him. <laughs> yeah. It was, was like, my hmm. attack, but double, but, you know. <laughs> it was like, no wonder that hurt. I guess I am pretty strong, ain't I? <laughs> <laughs> He was like, hmm, I am pretty strong. I was like, what the hell? Hold on. <laughs> I was like, hold on. How much more powerful can you... I said, that's one of the things I literally had to question. I said, so the more powerful you get, the stronger you are. Um, so here, one of the things I did like about Seven Deadly Sin is not just... I mean, Escanor, I'm be honest with you, had the best weapon. Divine Axe Rita. Oh, Rita? <laughs> but yeah. look, look, an axe of when power... He- <laughs> when he when he was first introduced against going up against um, Garland, like they really thought that dude couldn't do anything until it was sun up, and then he, Garland tried to grab the um, Rita, and it was like, "What the fuck is up with this axe?" And then he just snatched it out of his hand, like, "Let me teach you something, motherfucker. This axe is not two handed; it's one handed, and it's not designed for you. It's designed for me." I'm the only motherfucker that can wield it. I was like, did he yeah. just pull a Thor reference? <laughs> yeah. I was like, he just pulled a Thor reference. Hold on, you ain't worthy to hold my axe. Don't even touch it. Don't even breathe on it. You're not worthy. I mean, Thor still has, Thor has like a rival sense of ego and narcissism in himself, so I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, they both have the same energy in a in degree. In a way. Bruh, it's, it's crazy. But I, I, I appreciate Rita the most because unlike all the other weapons that have like special abilities and shit like that, Rita's only ability is to store magic. That's it. And it's perfect for him because of the fact that this dude emits so much fucking magic. <laughs> like, aside from the fact that he's just badass just for the sake of being badass. Um like damn Itachi motherfucker. <laughs> like literally just for the sake oh, of yeah. being badass. To have a weapon that his his only ability is to store my power. Like literally the way he explains it. He said Rita's ability is just to store my power. 
I admit so much magic that I'm just wasting it. So Rita just holds it for me. And so if it's I just really decide, like <laughs> it's literally a briefcase to him. It's more like, you know, I got this battery pack <laughs> in the form of an axe because you know I'm so strong that I have to put some of that energy into my weapon because otherwise I'll be bursting with power in my body. Yeah. Just imagine Agent 47 from Hitman just having a brief having his own briefcase of his of his favorite weapon. That's it. That's all it is. It's like it's just it's just my tool. It's just for me. It's just a little extra on there, really. But to hold his magic so that way, you know, he's not it's just like a battery it. pack for him. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, just not, that way, like even in the middle of night, if he decides if he just touches the axe in the middle of the night, boom, esc- like full blown Escanor is right back again. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you're ever wondering why you see him in his buff form at night, that's the reason why. Because mm-hmm. see, again, you have to watch the whole series for it to make sense. Because otherwise, if you're like me, going back into it and you're just like, "What the hell's going on?" I thought Escanor couldn't transform during the during the night. Oh wait, Rita is served as this emergency battery pack in case he really needs to fight at night. That part. But so he won't like, be that strong, though. But wait until he gets to noon, though. It's high noon. Oh, shit. High noon can't do divine sword. Like, dude literally just takes his hand, like, just moves. All he does is, I move my hand. Because I oh, move yeah. my hand down, I cut everything in front of me in half. <laughs> Bruh, this dude is so narcissistic. He called that shit Divine Sword Escanor. He called it, that's what he called it. And like, all he did was like, if I can explain, like, imagine you point, imagine you doing the boy hand, you know, like, boy, and then you just cut down. That's pretty much what all he did. And then he just cut the space that was in front of him. That He used that against Meliodas. And I was like, Divine Sword Escanor, and then boom. It's like literally just like all I did was like I'm, I'm doing this like I'm looking at you. Like you know how you just had that phrase where you straight like that person they straighten their hand out and they're looking at you and everything and like they point their their whole hand towards you. Yeah, the boy hand. All five fingers looking at you type of thing. Just imagine somebody yeah. doing that. And all they did was just drop the hand. All they did, like I said, they looked they put the hand up and then just dropped it. And because they dropped the hand, it cut everything in front of the hand. <laughs> No, no, see, that's why I see when you're having a roasting session and you'd be like, boy, let me tell you about you. And then you keep on going down and then you drop the hand and then you're done. You're officially posted. Yeah, that's it. You're officially done, bro. (laughs) You're done. Eskinor was just that was just that motherfucker. Like I was like, what the hell? (laughs) I was like. He's just that dude. Like, oh my god, what the heck? Um, but he's the only person that has like <clears throat> a weapon that doesn't even have any real ability. It's just a, it's just a battery pack. That's it. Like that's all it is. It's just a battery pack. But it doesn't have any real special features other than the fact that you got to be strong as hell to hold it because it's a huge axe. <laughs> That's it supposedly is a one-handed axe, but even people who picked it up said, man, I got to use two hands to wield it. Imagine, that right there is the biggest dick stroke. <laughs> I need two hands to wield it. You need two hands, I need one. <laughs> like, <laughs> if he is worthy, he shall wield the power of Escanor. <laughs> one hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, like, can you imagine... If it was just like 
the Avengers to where you remember that one scene in Age of Ultron to where all the Avengers was gathered around in a circle and they were trying to see if they can pick up Thor's hammer. Imagine like a version of that in Seven Deadly Sins to where they're trying to pick up the Divine Axe Rita and a lot of them are struggling to um pick it up. Merlin probably not gonna even bother, honestly. Like even though she has Merlin infinity has- and all those magic, but she's probably not gonna even bother with all that shit. But I think the only one who probably even come close is Meliodas. Probably because Meliodas just has that much magic, that much magic oozing from him, but still, like <laughs> yeah, like I would say Bond, but Bond only thing that Bond really got going for him is immortality. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, he, he's no more human. <laughs> yeah, that's all. He he pretty much um yeah, just immortal. Like you just can't die for some reason. His um his ability, I think, like here's the thing. Out of everybody, so Escanor, like divine, like Rita is just like pretty much Rita is just Rita. Like you can't disrespect Rita because you disrespect Escanor, so we're not gonna do that. Um, but in real, Actually, retros- you know what? Now that I think about, it, remember Meliodas' sword where he barely used that shit until it was fully assembled. That part. So, like, his, because that's one, remember, that's one of the things about it is the fact that his, um, like, like, it's just everybody's weapon. Um, Rita's just a power, it's just a, a battery. Um, yeah. Meliodas allows him, like, his ability itself is just to reflect any magic attack back. Like, you know, just to take zero magic damage and reflect all damage back to his opponent. So, I mean, that, that itself is a pretty badass ability itself. But remember, his own sword ability is just to create clones of himself. But by creating clones of himself, he has his like he has his power every time that he clones himself. But then, the funniest thing to me that's just a multi-form technique from Dragon Ball Z. Remember, team or Naruto with Shadow Clone Jutsu. Well, no, was remember Shadow Clone was different. Shadow Clone. Oh yeah, yeah, Shadow Clones are physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like because you hit them, they immediately poof out. Plus, on top of that, the Shadow Clone. Had what even for a brief moment had the exact same power as the person who cast it, so like that was different because it didn't have any person's power. Like I mean, it used yeah. chocolate, yes, but it didn't have that power or anything like that. The multi-form okay. technique had your power, like every time you used it. So Meliodas would use it up to several times, and he would divide his energy into each one. But he was ah. smart. He was just smart with it. He would never just do the multi-form just to like go up and say like be like a powerhouse, be like, oh, I'm a one-man army type of thing. Cause he knew all it did was just divide his power. He was just smart with it to be able to either tactically get away or to be able to deflect multiple magic attacks. So right. he was smart. He didn't use it all the time. It was but it's a convenient tool to use strategically. So his was very strategic. Um by far the strongest weapons that I would have to say. Is not Diane's, definitely not King's, because King's is still strong too. To be able to pretty much turn to the sun, like this full sunflower, to. By the way, I want to talk about that motherfucker too. Like, give, give it a minute. Yeah, yeah, like the holiest of hyper beams from Pokemon. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to mention that. Um, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. I'm gonna let you finish, but I'm gonna talk about this motherfucker. Hold on. Yeah, we going to, but um, the two strongest I would have to say is Bonds and um, Merlin's. I mean, Merlin's gotcha. itself is decimated because it's the ultimate magic crystal. 
literally this mm. crystal allows whatever magic she wants to happen, regardless of anything. It's a literal philosopher's stone from Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> like, okay. yeah, I'm going to talk about her too. Like, keep going, keep going. I'm but, like, yeah. ooh, ooh, I can't wait to talk about these people here. Absolutely. Like, so, yeah, um, I mean, her weapon, pretty much just, it's a literal philosopher's stone. Like from Full Metal Alchemist at that. Like it's, it's the same thing. Whatever she wants, she can make it happen because of this weapon, because of this little pearl, because it's in her possession. And it works for her because she's the ultimate magician. Like shit, she fucking got, and I know we're gonna talk about this too. She you know she got the blessing from the demon king and God himself. Shit, like <laughs> the ultimate goddess and the demon king shit. So, like, I mean, she's that badass already in itself. So you telling me that you also gave her a weapon that allows her to do whatever magic she wants? That's just what that that's overkill. And then Bond, <clears throat> just his ability, fox hunt, you know, to be able to snatch whatever he wants from any vicinity. But his weapon allowing it to extend across the entire earth. Literally, he just holds his his trichuck, well, his quad chuck actually, um, holds his quad chuck. And he just decides to use Fox Hunt while holding this weapon. He can snatch multiple, like up to a, I think it was up to a thousand things in one second. And he can snatch it from any part of the world. Like, no matter what. He hits the ground well, and it snatches from everything in the whole world. And you're like, wait the fuck? Bruh. <laughs> if Merlin is the ultimate magician, Bond is the ultimate thief. That, yes. He is. He's the, he's the ranger. He's the thief that you want to be from D&D. Like, that's the ultimate. And level. by the way, if you try to catch him and execute him for stealing, what you gonna do? Uh, he's immortal. Exactly. He don't give a fuck. He will live you. Yeah. He don't care. I mean, and even better, been, like he'll still pieces. look young as hell um, doing it too. It's like you'll be eighty years old by the crumble to dust, and he'll still look at you like he's still in his mid twenties or some shit, and be like. Damn, dude, you got old as fuck. I was like, aren't you like hundreds of years old? I was like, yeah, but you look old as fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, it's, it, it's insane. Like, <laughs> these weapons be like, it, it ranges because you go from like, okay, so this weapon is really just that. But then you got this weapon, it's like, holy fuck, what? <laughs> like, hold up. <laughs> allows you to do whatever magic you want. Allows you to snatch to, to steal whatever you want from any part of the world in a second, and you, and you ain't got to move. Like, I can, I can stand still right here and snatch somebody oh, yeah. oh. from China. <laughs> You're like, wait, My what? My bad. I was trying to think, um, I feel like we're forgetting somebody, but I was remembering Gother. Fucking Gother. Look, like, look, I don't want to talk about Gother's fucking <laughs> double bow. It does no physical damage. <laughs> It does no physical damage. It's yeah, like, Gother. It does none. <laughs> yeah, like, Gother is the one uh, sin. Well, keep in mind, he is the lust sin. But then again, I feel like Gother is, is more of a niche character because with Invasion and his other abilities, it's more like he's for tactical niche reason. Like, there's barely ever a need for him to be in combat, per se. But he is fairly strong at what he does. He, he's great as a backline character. Yeah, like, yeah, not yeah. as a backline army. Like, like if you have like an a army, support character. 
Yeah, like if you had an army, he'd be in the back. He's not the person shooting the bows and arrows. He's not that person. He's the person behind them <laughs> who takes the last little threads of people and manipulates them to kill each other. <laughs> like he'll be your your literal last line of defense because he's guaranteed to win as the last line of defense. But if you put him up front, he's you kind of setting himself. You kind of setting him up for failure. Like let him win this way type of thing. It's it's, it's so. <laughs> I mean, I love Gother. I'm not gonna say I love him. Never mind. Let me take that back. I like Gother. I don't love Gother. <laughs> I like Gother, but his weapon. I. I mean, Gother. Gother honestly give me. Yeah. What about his weapon? His weapon is better than Meliodas's weapon. Technically, tactfully, it is better tactfully, but like, it's, yeah. It does no physical damage, man. What the fuck? <laughs> No, 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 you check this out. You want you want useless? You want useless? Remember in Yasha how Sishomaru has the ten Sega? It can only heal people, but Sishomaru is like, but I want to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, I don't even feel bad for Gother compared to Sishomaru. At least at least oh he's not like, okay, I'm feeling some type of way about my weapon because I can't kill people and I want to kill people with it. <laughs> that, is, that is so true. <clears throat> but but no, you know what? Let me um, blaze through some of these people right here right now. Diane. I like how you know how she gave you Lady D vibes where, you know, tall Amazon lady of like somehow I'm just into it. Like, you know, you're just thinking snoo snoo for some reason. Like for some reason every time Ever since that one Futurama episode, every time you come across a tall woman, you're just like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of down for the snoo snoo. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, just because. But, you know, Diane, she was all right. Like, I like I like her, but compared to all the others, I felt like she took the biggest backseat out of all of them. Like, everybody she- felt like they had a bigger role in a way. It, like, she was a seven deadly sin, and the only thing she really had connected was she was, you know, had this relationship with King. And speaking of which, this motherfucker King, I seen season four <laughs> and five. I watched this motherfucker. Okay, he's no longer in his kid form. He's now like this a young adult with this quap hair. You know, like how some people have like this rich boy hairstyle. It, it looks almost like a pompadour, but more like it's kind of curled up. You know, like Joy Wheeler, yeah. but, you know, a little more curly, curled up in the front. Yeah, I wish I can. Jorno I really or Jojo. I really wish I can. Joe from JoJo. One of those two, as far as the curls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but essentially, this dude wants his, uh, his chest to fold. Mm-hmm. He yes. gets so fucking crazy with that weapon to where... It can. It has multiple forms, kind of like uh, Koichi's uh, stand from JoJo's or yeah. some other, where they, where it has different forms, right? Yeah. At first, you're thinking, okay, it it becomes this giant spear. It becomes multiple spears, like Archer Gilgamesh from Fate. There's this one time where it just fucking transformed into this eight armed war force teddy bear <laughs> type motherfucker, just hitting. His opponent with the whole Muda shit, 
just kept punching the motherfucker. I was like, holy shit, King, where the fuck are you coming from with this? Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, see, I like King. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I like King. Now, back to this next couple I'm about to talk about. Escanor and Merlin. First of all, Merlin, she is so broke dick as a character. Like you said, she got the Demon King's approval. She got the Goddess Clan approval. She is so powerful as a magician. Escanor, that's the only woman he was sent for. Literally. <laughs> she's the ultimate she's the ultimate person as far as magic. He's the ultimate person as far as physical and kind of pretty much magic, yeah. <laughs> they were it's more like she, he's might, she's magic. Perfect. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And who else? I did go through <laughs> Melios is alright. Bond, again, he's alright, like I can kind of see how a lot of people, especially women, not gonna lie, not being sexist guys, but I'm just saying, like, I just, observation, I just noticed, like, you go around, like, you be doing surveys, like, me being an admin of Zealous of Nerd Entertainment, I had to <laughs> observe this shit. So, this isn't just me being, like, unfair, but it's just based on observation to where I noticed how you can ask some of these people, and most of the time, they would say they like Bond. Why? Because he's like this devilish rogue motherfucker that just seems like a little badass. You know, like, you know how a lot of people like Sushomaru over Inuyasha, how some people like Sasuke over Naruto, how some people like... Did I say Sushomaru over Inuyasha? I feel like I did. I, yeah, I did. It's almost like Oh, yeah, Bakugo over Deku. I didn't do that one yet. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. So, yeah, you're thinking the one guy that you would... More than that. I would say it's only slightly more than that. It's not so much just because he's a bad boy. Yeah, it's definitely because he's a bad boy. Um, but also because of the fact that he's a bad boy with a very kind and gentle heart. Like, he, even though he's a thief... He's that thief that still respects people for people. Hmm. Like, you know, his whole love interest that he had. Like, you know, there's, there's a deeper story. Bond had, Bond and Meliodas had the two deepest love stories of everybody. Like, definitely better than oh, Kings. Yeah. Um, definitely got, you know, I'm going to be honest, he got more, um, definitely got more leeway and more booty than um, Escanor did. I feel bad. That's sad. <laughs> How you have Escanor, being Escanor of all people, and he get none. Like, what the hell, bro? <laughs> I'm glad Merlin only cares about knowledge, not getting some dick. You know, that's how she's got so powerful. It's like she's focused on her own ambitions. Like, she's not trying to be out here trying to hook up with people. But she was. <laughs> it's a power couple right there. But no, like, I mean, there's a little bit more to Bond. There's a little bit more to him. I mean, he... I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying that... I'm not trying to be super unfair. I just think that this whole trend to where uh, a bunch of people, especially, you know, people of the opposite sex, would be more into Bond if he was, like, this bad boy with redeeming personalities. I mean, you know, redeeming qualities, excuse me. And even though nothing wrong with that, per se, it's just... You know me, 
Kogigashu. Uh, I already know a guy who was like, he was kind of like about that, but then we found out later that his true code was showing and we weren't down for that shit. And a whole bunch of people, especially women, were super shocked by the truth that I told them. And then next thing you know, they just stopped messing with the dude. So it's more like, I understand that you might like that air of mystery and danger to where you come across this bad boy that you can't really figure out or he's like super mysterious in a loop and yet at the same time he does have strong good qualities like he may have muscles or he may have a little charm with his words and all that he may have multiple talents that seems interested but you know sometimes these guys kind of set themselves up to be the prize and when you go after the prize and you find out that it's not what you thought it was, then you just feel silly. Like, damn, uh, I thought he was the one. And then he's like, uh, no, <laughs> my dear. No, I'm sorry. But I guess, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. But you just pretty much ignored the red flags for something you thought was going to be good for you. But I don't know. Uh, I can't say really. red flag. Considering the fact his whole outfit is red leather that he stole from a woman, just just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's part. a red flag in itself. He's living, walking red flag. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So I won't say Bond is a totally bad person, especially with his relationship with Elaine. But then again, it's kind of like, ooh, this is one of the, one of those things that I kind of don't like i mean i don't dislike it in a traditional sense but more like oh you put me in a very weird position to where it'll be stupid to not go with this side like okay you know how in breaking bad where some people tend to not like skylar even though she was in the right the whole time to where basically she just wanted her husband to stop uh making and selling meth that's understandable. He's committing a crime. That is understandable. But this wasn't about her. It was Walt's story. So it's almost as if we were kind of forced to take his side in a way because we were relating to him super hard. So we kind of just fell in love with the guy anyways. It's the same thing with Bond and all these other bad boy characters. It's like, you know there's red flags, but there's just something about them that makes it worth the risk. But then you get your heart broken anyways. And you're just like, well, better to have loved than lost than to have never loved at all. But I'm just like, sometimes it does, it really does um, come down to your sense of taste and decision making. And then again, I also understand how the total opposite of that can be unattractive to a degree. Like how the, the main reason I think Naruto would probably have been more successful at winning over Sakura if he wasn't simping so hard, like, bro, like, leave her alone, give her some space, like, do your own thing, you know, you, you you wanted to be Hokage, right? Just focus on being Hokage, and she might like you back. She might. I mean, that's not a guarantee. I mean, yeah, but, but hold on, like, I'm feeling some type of way about when she did that, too, it's like, oh, now that Sasuke is gone, and now that he's getting stronger, he's getting smarter and all that. Talk about, oh, I love you, Naruto. I was like, bitch, please. No, you don't. You like Sasuke. I know you. 
And now this so was now, like you know, move on, girl. But yeah, yeah, it's like it's almost like sometimes they'll realize um, how good a man was for them until it's too late. Like, like honestly, again, I'm I'm really not trying to be offensive towards anybody who might be hearing this and be like, oh hell no, I know you didn't go there, but come on, man, like. First of all, I've seen it myself. I, I experienced it. I witnessed it. Uh, I'm not just saying this just to blow smoke in your face. Like, I've seen this actually happen. And I'm just saying, ladies, be warned. Like, these bad boy types, yeah, they might seem exciting, but they come with red flags for a reason. Mm. At least in my experience, though. But you know, I'm That's, just one person with his two cents. True, I will say so. As far as about in the show, we do have <laughs> a bunch of side characters that are okay. I'm not. Gonna, yeah. I mean, it's not. Guilt Thunder to me is the only person really worth mentioning. <laughs> in all honesty, yeah. Of all the side characters, like he he he's the only one really worth mentioning because Guilt Thunder was. I mean, let's be honest. He was that dude. He, when he was first introduced, he was first introduced by throwing fucking spear at Meliodas from a whole other city away, like oh, miles, yeah. like hundreds of miles away. And Meliodas recognized and said, "Hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick. I got to do something." And he went. He goes. He stands on the hill. He's like, "About right here, right here. I think we're good." And, you know, it was like, you know, Liz was looking like, what you talking about? What's going on? And, you know, Melios is sitting here just like getting himself ready. Then just grabs the spear straight out of the air and just like sliding across the ground because it was that much force and power that was thrown into this damn spear. And then, you know, chucks it right back. And Gil is just sitting there like minding his business at his desk, sees the thing coming, doesn't move. Because he knows it's not going to kill him. He just lets it just hit right beside his face. And he's like, found Joey. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Who now, is I'm, this guy? <laughs> see, if that was Gil Thunder, if I was Gil Thunder, it was like this. All right. I'm going to send Melios a message. And I hope he gets it. So I'm just going to chuck the spear super hard. And I hope he gets the message that I'm coming for you. And chuck it, and then go about my business. Later on, I'm probably at my desk reading the paper, and like, mm, you know, and it like just suddenly the spear just flies into the room, just crashes to the wall. I'm unfazed by it, and then as soon as it like hits the wall, then I'm just like just calmly put my paper down, look back, look at the spear, and I was like, all right, so it begins. Time to kill him. <laughs> I was just saying, like, bro. But I'm just talking about, like, this. That that was the introduction to Guild Thunder. And what made me so mad is that they made that seem so insignificant. <laughs> I'm like, how do you make that intro seem so insignificant later on in the series? That doesn't make sense. Hold on a second. This dude chucked the whole speed. <laughs> Like hundreds of miles. 
Like, honestly, I really do believe that a lot of these characters, whether they're side characters or main characters, have these ridiculous abilities that you're just wondering, okay, this show is fairly impressive when it comes to the power scaling. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you this. This is what it is. It's a. This is one of those moments of so girl was only a B class demon moment. That's what the fuck is. Oh, <laughs> that one meme where we were like, okay, you Yuhaka show where you're thinking uh, the older brother. I think it was the older brother, uh, Togoro. Yes, he. We all know him. He's like this big swole dude with the muscles and the shades, and you're thinking, oh god, this guy's a big threat, but he's only a B class demon. And he's like, wait, so what's an S-class demon like? I was like, you don't want to know. <laughs> like, that that's the type of real shit that we had to deal with in Seven Deadly Sins. Like, this dude, like, Guilt, Guilt Thunder was one that people feared. Like, <laughs> nobody walked up to this dude. Nobody just walked up to this guy. This dude commanded lightning. <laughs> he was fucking Zeus on Earth. That's what the hell he was. <laughs> Literally, he was Zeus on Earth. He commanded fucking lightning. Nobody fucked with this guy. And yeah, like, you think you know, about it, he literally chucked a spear of lightning. Yes. Well, it was a regular spear, but he imbued lightning into it, yeah. So it's like, I'm sitting here like, this is not just a, a feasible thing. Like, this thing had hit the ground. It would have created a crater. This would have destroyed shit. <laughs> and then, imagine like seeing that type of stuff in the series, and you're like, yo, what? These people got these type of powers. Oh, he's just a B class. Oh, he's just a C class. Not even B. He's like, yo, he's just a C class. Wait, what? <laughs> what type of shit they about to come up against next? Wait a minute. <laughs> what? What am I watching? What is this? What? What is this power? <laughs> Y'all just went crazy with the fantasy. Y'all just like, look, we're gonna give everybody super special powers. How crazy if we're gonna make them fucking epic? And then make people like, more than them. <laughs> when? It's kind of funny when you think about it, how Seven Deadly Sins kind of remind you of this medieval magic version of Dragon Ball Z and My Hero Academia mixed together because they have the power levels like Dragon Ball Z, but they also have quirks like My Hero Academia. I mean, technically, because every person has the ability to to do all types of magic, but everybody has uh, an affinity to one particular type of magic. Yeah, they have so everybody an has like that one yeah, they have that one affinity to it. Like, you know, I'm I'm linked to this one. Like, you know, we got the other guy. His special magic ability is to create the perfect ultimate shield. That's <laughs> impenetrable. And I mean like it didn't it is. It's the perfect shield, but it drains his magic as he's using it because he's only human. So you know it's like something, you know, type of thing. They like humans are paying out to be the weakest, <laughs> but then you got these humans that have this type of magic ability. You're like, well, what, what, what the fuck else these other races got? You mean you got the giants race, the fairies race, the demon race? I was like, what the hell else we got going on here? Damn, like <laughs> humans are the weakest, and humans can do this type of stuff. Like, what else we got going on here? Like, damn, bro, like. <laughs> But I know we don't have too much other time left. I don't have too much time left, but I wanted to. I mean, it, it, this was an interesting series. Like, it's a lot to it's a lot to, to delve into, a lot to talk about. 
because the story is extremely expansive. Um, every character has their own backstory that, in all honesty, is interesting in its own right. Um, many characters cross over, like, you know, Bond and King cross over as far as, like, King's sister, Bond's love interest. You know, they, they cross over. You got Gother and Merlin have their own backstory that crosses over. Um, like, everybody's story crosses over from their past and stuff and how they all became Deadly Sins anyway. Like, even before they became the Seven Deadly Sins, like, how their paths crossed over that led to it. You know, they were meant to find each other anyway and find each other again type of shit. Like, there's so much delve into the story. Um, every character has a backstory. Like, literally every character <laughs> has a backstory. <laughs> Even the little side characters have their own backstory um, that lets yeah. them becoming who they are, why they are, and stuff like that. So I appreciate the series for the fact that it, it didn't leave a character just there. Like, yeah. if a person was a jackass, you understood why this person was a jackass. Um, <laughs> this person seemed to be overly kind like, you know, overly kind that it makes you sick, like, what the hell is wrong with you type of thing. There's a reason that this person is like that. Um, and you get the opportunity to delve into everyone's story and find out more about them. So I appreciate the series for that. Um, what I think would have made the series better is something that I am actually taking into account with one of the stories that I am writing in the fact that it would have, since everything relies so heavily on the holy war that took place 10,000 years prior to our main storyline. Um, it would have been better to have not like take a whole, just halfway season, like halfway through the series to go back into this whole story. It'd been better to actually at least start with that. Like if everything started with this, with the thousand year story, then let the first couple seasons actually talk about that. Cause you know, we spent the first two seasons talking about what's going on now into the story getting confused as hell like you mentioned about what the fuck is going on and then going back into the backstory and you're like what the fuck <laughs> oh okay yeah, so nah. you told me this now and then explained it to me later that that don't always work out because <laughs> like right. i mean let's put it this way i mean i'm just because i'm a parent so i'm gonna just use this analogy here you know if you if you was a kid and you broke your mama's vase <laughs> You're going to go to your mom and say, like, mom, I broke your first off. I broke your vase and then go back and explain it. No, first, as soon as you say I broke your vase, you got to that's a backhand to your face right there. Like, you know, <laughs> you got to explain the situation first. Look, let me explain what happened first. Me and JJ was doing da da da. We did this and we made a mistake and we hit your vase and we broke it. All right. So, you know, I just want to let you know that's what happened. You know, it's not too many cases you start off with the bad and then get the good afterwards you don't you don't always get that opportunity so you know it's like make it make it make sense and put it all together really quickly and i think that's where the series didn't go as good for me was the fact that i thought we was like starting here and moving forward not starting here moving forward going back moving forward going back again then moving forward again it was there was too much take two steps forward three five six steps back there's too much of that to me like just let me continue my path of this journey in this anime and then i'd be good that, that's like my two cents into it yeah gotcha. okay okay yeah so seven deadly sins 
pretty good show, honestly. Like, honestly, we said that the animation was kind of bad, but personally, I don't think it's a strong enough reason to dismiss the whole series. Same thing with when I was talking about Wreck of the Ragnarok. Like, just because you didn't exactly agree with the animation doesn't mean you have to throw the whole series in the trash. Like, I understand if it was, like, bad animation across the board, but if it's like, okay, a couple episodes, there was some bad animation, but there's some good animation overall, then, okay, then that's good enough for me to keep going. Uh, That's how I felt with Record of Ragnarok, even though it was more like still motion but it was still good enough to watch and honestly i felt the same way about dragon ball super to where a bunch of people were ex- complaining about the animation of goku and some areas like when he was fighting i think it was freeza or somebody i don't know but he was fighting and there was like this really bad shot of him like an unflattering shot but then again you have shots of him like first time going to Ultra Instinct and the animation is so well detailed, it kind of makes up for the bad animation that we had before. And same thing with Dragon Ball Super Broly, to where the animation and that movie alone was so fucking beautiful. Like, I never fell in love with the cinematography of a movie like this. Like, my god. Uh, But that's just the whole thing, though. Demon Slayer, mm, <laughs> impressive, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I did like the animation of that. <laughs> yeah, like I did like the animation of that definitely. Just you know, I wasn't like the others where I was like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. I was like, oh, hold on, guys, hold on. I give it an eight <laughs> out of ten. It's not, it's not all that, okay. It gets an eight yeah. out of ten though, but come on, you're overhyping this shit. Like, <laughs> like honestly. <laughs> Not, not even trying to be a hater, but I just feel like I knew Demon Slayer had potential, but it just got really weird when it felt like this show got so overhyped. Like, I didn't expect people to like it that much. Like, you know, I thought it was going to be one of those shows where, okay, well, it's nice and it's going to be a little under the radar, but at least it's known. But this series blew up so fast. Like, wow, okay. Uh, it got to a point where, like we said many times in on the series, where yes, the, will it deserve anime of 2020? Sure, I'll give that all day. But anime of the decade? Come on, man! Like I feel like that's a little <laughs> insulting to the rest of the anime that was in production during that decade. But that's just me. I'm trying to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Uh, Koki, you guys, you got any <laughs> final words? Uh, I guess my only thing about it is I know seven. Days, I know as we talk about this anime, we kind of went all over the place, and we did agree onto the fact that the series can feel kind of all over the place as well too. Because like I said, it was a lot of step forward, step back. Um, in life, you will have those moments that you will have to take some steps back, take some steps forward, and you're gonna wind up. It's gonna seem confusing at times, but don't give up. Continue to just keep pursuing forward. As long as you have your eyes on the goal, on the end goal, you will get there. Um, continue growing yourself once you reach that end goal don't stop make another goal like keep making goals keep achieving one of the best things about being a human being in this world is that we are limitless in our potential we can do whatever it is we want to do and continue to keep going and keep pushing forward never give up 
continue to be you, continue to be the best you possible. Um, like I also mentioned earlier in, in this episode, like when I first started watching Seven Deadly Sins, actually before I started watching Seven Deadly Sins, I was going through my own spiritual journey and it didn't seem like this was going to be the anime for me. I didn't know how this was going to work out. Um, but it was an experience I'm beyond excited that I had the chance to take advantage of. I'm beyond happy that I had the opportunity to be like, to say to you today, I have seen the series and it's good. You know, it's, it's the absolute best, no, but it's still good. There's a reason yeah. that there's a games for it that people enjoy playing, like the mobile game that people enjoy playing on the phone. Um, my only thing is that it takes up so much damn space on my phone. Like, that's the only reason I don't have it still. But yeah, <laughs> aside okay. from that, it was it was enjoyable. Um, I enjoyed reliving the story all over again in that game because the series is, is so in-depth, it's beautiful in its own right. It's worth it. You know, give it a chance, give it a shot. <laughs> The animation in this one is not worth shutting it down. I'm not going to shut this down like I did Record of Rat and Rock. Um, that's that's a story for another time, a previous episode. But <laughs> just it is it's worth giving it a chance. It is worth right. giving it a chance. It's worth always you to give whatever goals you have to give it a chance. You no, know, just don't give up. Keep going. No matter how many steps back you have to take, as long as you keep pushing forward, you got it. Right. And. I can add on saying whether it's from how I feel about the context of the story, you know, the convolution of it, to the relationships that are in the story, like Meliodas and Elizabeth, Bon and Lane, uh, King and Diane, uh, Escanor and Mel- Merlin. All I'm saying is keep it simple, folks. Like, don't overcomplicate things. And, um, I will say that, just to make sure we're on the same page, nothing against what you want. Like, I understand the heart wants what the heart wants, but you got to keep in mind that there are just some red flags that are just not worth the whole trip. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes when you see that something that doesn't pan out just right, sometimes you got to lose that gut instinct to say this is probably not for you. Like how with some animates where you try to give it a chance, but ultimately you're just not feeling it. It's okay to drop it. Like, it's okay. Like, no one's obligating you to watch the whole thing. And that's also how I feel about these relationships to where it's like, we want what we want, but when they turn out to be not exactly what we were hoping for, then... That's just it. Like, you have your standards, you have your conditions, and if they don't meet them, then it's okay to move on to what does meet your standards. Like, for instance, My Hero Academia, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, Black Clover, shows like those, I like them enough to just accept them for what they are, like, even with the flaws and all. Like, I just accept them for what they are. But there are just some shows, like, let's see, Handshakers, to where the animation of that was so atrocious. I just couldn't stand it after three episodes. I was like, no, I can't do this. No. So, mm, yeah, that's all I'm saying is, like, sometimes you just got to love what you love. And if you don't, just leave it alone. But, uh... That's the end of the show. Stay tuned for more episodes coming at you in the future. We're definitely going to try to get to B-Stars and other subjects sometime this week, if not next week. I 
not going to lie, there's been a lot of stuff going on with us to where our schedule is getting a little com- complicated and in flux and all that. But at least now I'm trying to write out a rough draft, a roadmap of sorts of what we're going to be talking about for the next year or so. So keep in mind for all the nerdiness that's about to head your way. But until then, stay nerdy, my friends. Great things are coming. We are zoning out.